Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm going for a drink tomorrow and I'm already worried about the hangover on Saturday. And you're not 60, it's okay. You can have two drinks. No, I'm not, but when you've got a, a daughter who likes to speak at 5am in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But you also have a wife. Yeah. Just stay up till 5am then. And you'll be <laughs> yeah. Speaking with her, well. <laughs> Should we make more sense than you? <laughs> That's true. We did used to do stuff like um, Skittles vodka. Did you ever do that? No. You never did that? It's like drinking Skittles, but obviously with the whole vodka thing. Skittles is in the sweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's amazing. All right, okay. I would yeah. highly recommend it. Isn't that a joke beer. from The Simpsons? Where he says, give me some of that beer with candy flow. And the <laughs> says, I'm sorry, Homer, no such thing exists. He goes, all right, give me a six pack and a bag of Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is actually a thing. This is really a thing. That and jelly, jelly vodka. I've had that, yeah. You've done that? Yeah, I've done that. That's quite good. It's a bit, yeah. What? No? I don't know. It's just a bit teenage girl, isn't it? (laughs) Well, (laughs) some of us don't have that drinking for us. (laughs) We're not all Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's enough drinking chat. Joining me, Ian McCord, on today's One Football Podcast is Alex Mont. Hello. Toby Herman. Good day. Dan Brick. Hello. And Roman Velter. Hi. If you want to get in touch, ask us how we're doing, find out, you know, what our favorite cheese is, that sort of thing, then podcast at onefootball.com is the email you need. Or should you wish, you can get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing. And then you can take the rest of the day off safe in the knowledge that there will always be a bit of your heart devoted to this podcast. Now, Dan, a question for you. <laughs> Actually, I have a few questions for you. Oh, God. First of all, how do you feel about democracy? Um, I think it'd be a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, democracy is all about giving the people what they want. And what they want is more Dan Burke. (laughs) So they're going to get what they want over the next few weeks. As I take a well-earned break, or at least a break (laughs) earned, uh, Dan will be hosting over the next couple of weeks. That's right, yeah. I'm thrilled about it, as you can As you can can really hear, yeah. Well, be nice to him. Also, Anthony Lewis has uh, emailed in and he wants to know your favourite chocolate. He says he he thinks you're classy too. (laughs) 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 Well, that's easily the biggest laugh we've ever had on this podcast. Uh, He said I would probably have a very average sort of eat anything type of chocolate Mm. approach, but he reckons you're classy. I read that. He compared me to Andrea Perlo, did he not? He did. Yeah. Is that the first time you've ever been compared to Andrew? <laughs> first and last, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, favourite chocolate then? I don't really have one. I mean, I hate to disappoint, but uh, I think I'm a bit of a Richard Dunn of uh, chocolate <laughs> eating, if anything. Just steaming, ask questions later. <laughs> don't really care <laughs> what sort of uh, form it comes in. Right. Just get it down. That's it. So you're not classy is what we're, could, we're confirming. Not, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, any preference of milk over dark? Or I'm more of a thing. milk kind of guy, to be honest, yeah, but it's not a, you know, it's not it's a, not a huge thing. issue for me now. No. If you had like 50p and you had to pick like one bar, what would you go Can for? Can you even buy a bar of chocolate for 50p nowadays? No? No, Freddo's costs 50p now. <laughs> what? Yeah. Freddo's like 20p now. No. Inflation. Yeah, inflation. inflation. I quite like a lion bar. It's got a bit of everything going on, it? a mm. lion bar. Not bad. Yeah. I would have gone for Whisper, but it's okay. Mm. Um, and finally, your third question. And then you don't really have to speak for the rest of this podcast. But Ashkas Gupta is saying, uh, did anyone watch the Man City documentary? 
especially Dan Burke. Especially Dan Burke. <laughs> uh, he kind of liked it. Yeah, I liked it very much, in okay. fact. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about it then, because I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of... Um, I don't... Backlash is probably the wrong word, but I've seen a lot of criticism of it that people said it's just a bit sanitised, a bit of a sort of advert for Man City, and it didn't really, um, you know, explore any of the Abu Dhabi sort of darkness, mm-hmm. um, which is fair criticism. I don't know why people were expecting that kind of thing, really. I mean, it was, it is basically a glorified sort of end-of-season review with lots of behind-the-scenes stuff, some of which is really fascinating, some of which is a little bit boring at times. Um, as a City fan, I thought it was magnificent. I thought it was really well-made. Looks beautiful. Um, the music they chose for it was really good, and Ben Kingsley's narration was good as well. And I think there's something in there for non City fans as well, but I can understand why perhaps, you know, not everyone is completely enamored with it. Did it change your view of Guardiola at all? Um, not really, no, because I always knew that he was a bit crazy, and this just made yeah. me realize that he's even weirder. Yeah. yeah. He says okay. guys every other word, he swears a lot, clicks his heels together in a very strange fashion when he's sort of a bit agitated. What, like, like Michael a, Flatley? Like a horse kind of thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's with, uh, was your favourite scene that Fabian Delph one? That seems to be the one everybody's talking about. The basics of football, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, given that it came after we'd lost to United in the uh, the game that would have won us the title, it's uh, yeah. kind of a little bit hard to reflect on it. But one of the things that I really took away from it is that like the players really do care. Like you kind of think that footballers are just these, you know, live in these mansions and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a job to them. And but they really, really care about it, and it's it, it was kind of reassuring to uh, to know that that wasn't just a sort of we know the cameras there, so we're putting mm. it on a little. Or maybe I don't know. I'd okay. like to think not. They made one about PSG, didn't they? And then didn't show it. That was a rumor. I think that was a rumor. Like that was the a rumor. Be- Mbappé beef. Oh, rumor. from last season. No, no, no. They made one. You don't remember the season when they got knocked out of the Champions League by Barcelona with that. Epic comeback yeah, from true. Barcelona. Yeah. That was true, yes. right? Yeah, that was true. Yeah. And they scrapped it. I think it was not a nice scenes to see, so it was <laughs> better not to show it. That was nice for everybody Especially else. as they wanted to keep Emery one more season, so oh, it was I better think not to show it. Yeah. Part of the problem with the City one as well, for from a kind of neutral perspective watching it, is that the season just went so well mm. that there was no kind of like turmoil or jeopardy or anything. It was just basically endless scenes of them like celebrating in the dressing room after big wins yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Which, as a City fan, was great to see, but for everyone else, I can understand why. I'm singing Wonderwall on a plane. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. Did, have they ever done anything in German? In Germany? Mm, nothing like it, to be fair, no. I haven't seen anything like it. They wouldn't um, give that sort of access, or it just wouldn't be interesting? I think like, the only club probably for whom it would be worth to do so would be Bayern. But, you know, I can't see them doing it. Like, it seems a bit too... Too modern for them, actually. You know, like, given the fact that you know the people in charge of the club are a bit old-fashioned, a bit conservative. Yeah, that's true. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about the city documentary? That's it. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I watched a bit of that Juventus one on Netflix. Oh, I think the city one's better. far superior yeah. to that. Oh okay. So I would. Uh, I'm. I'm quite. This Sunderland one's coming out on Netflix as well, isn't it? They've picked up the rights. It's Sunderland. Who? Sunderland. <laughs> la- yeah. They made them about Sunderland yeah. last season. Why? Yeah. Oh, they got, obviously got relegated from the championship. Who's gonna watch that? I will watch it. Yeah, I think it's, That's you know. where that that line came 
from a few weeks ago where they were spending a thousand pounds a month on, on flowers, fake flowers, fake flowers for the boardroom. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it came from this documentary that they're kind of fake flowers. Out. Yeah, they've spent a thousand pounds a month on fake flowers. Surely the idea of fake flowers is you yeah, can keep them for Feeding the actually watering them and Anyway, it's a little known fact, but Spurs winning at Old Trafford is the first sign of the apocalypse. And afterwards, Jose Mourinho, a man who called Arsene Wenger a specialist in failure and poked Tito Villanova in the eye, wanted respect, respect, respect. Mm. Does he deserve it? Um, he, I mean, not right now. He does deserve respect for his track record, I think. Mm. But um, he used to be good. He used to be special, but I just don't think he is anymore. But what use is Chelsea's title win in 05 to Man United now? Especially if you're not going to change and you're not going to adapt your style. Yeah, like I said, his record is, you know, you have to respect his record, but he's lost it. So he, he was talking afterwards about winning um, three titles. Mm. Two of the three were premierships. Yeah. <laughs> which sort of uh, tells you that he is behind the times. Still yes. calls it the premiership. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a fascinating game. It was... Um, it was, I thought it was really bad in the first half. Mm. The Just technically, despite the amount of world-class players on the pitch, it was really weird. The amount of mispassed places and everyone's... 123 in the yeah, first half. Which, which is more than any game so far. Sorry, 123 mispassed places yeah. in the first half time. Yeah, yeah before... <laughs> you both made the exact same mistake there. You both <laughs> yeah. said mispassed places. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a tough sentence, Dan. <laughs> 123 misplaced passes before half-time, which is the most of any game in the Premier League so far, um, which sort of shows you nobody was really on it. And this sort of weird formation that um, Mourinho tried, the 3-3-3-1 was just all over the place, just really like trying to make a point that he needed another centre-back. And Ander Herrera as well. It was just so mm. misjudged, I thought. And yeah, they were awful. Was really Pochettino bad. just playing Alderweireld? Alderfield? Alderfield, was he just playing him just to fuck with Mourinho? Uh, well, he started the game before against Fulham and he's actually played really well. Um, so probably a bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first half was so fascinating. I actually, I actually turned it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I went and watched Dragon's Den instead. Ah, okay. Um, but uh, I mean, the match, I mean, I, I caught up with the rest of it, I promise. But it kind of proved Mourinho's Tactically, a bit out of touch. Yeah, that's a bit too harsh. It it just showed what I think a lot of people have been thinking since the summer that the players just aren't listening to him or sort of wantingly trying to get him sacked. It's amazing, it's amazing what telling you players the shite or summer can do to the morale, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I thought uh, Jesse Lingard did okay, and I thought Luke Shaw actually played quite well, mm. but they were the only two Man United players that did well, and I think it really showed. Mourinho's meant to be good at organising a defence. That's his thing. And he sort of lets the attackers do what they do. But, but last season, um, I think I read a stat that Man United conceded the fifth most amount of shots, but conceded the second least amount of goals. So De Gea was just amazing last season mm -hmm. and he really saved them. And that sort of papered over a lot of cracks. Since the World Cup, De Gea hasn't, well, he was, wasn't great at the World Cup and he hasn't been great at this start of this season. And I think... That has really sort of shown quite how bad they are defensively. Yeah. It's two games in a row they've let in three goals. Mm. For I mean, when was the last time that happened? Which, yeah, for a Mourinho yeah. team, that's fascinating. You would have got stud about that. 
Um, well, it was the opposite of that, really. They've never, um, they've never lost two nil at home in the Premier League, ever, ever. ever. Wow. Well, since 1992. Alex is talking about like the defense going wrong and the players not playing for Mourinho. Is that it, or is there anything else going wrong there? Um, I th- yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. Like you said about his, his tactics, um, I think it was Jeff Shreves from Sky asked him after the game, sort of said this thing, uh, this this formation you picked today was that something you worked on all week or did you just kind of happen upon it late on and you saw Mourinho's eyes widen as if like oh god he's rumbled me like he basically just made it up like 10 minutes before he announced the team I reckon Yeah, and no one really knew what they like if you're going to play a system like that you've got to coach the players to play like that that is what Klopp does that's what Guardiola does Mourinho's just told his players to go out and play there hasn't he and um, I think Lee Sharp said um, in the, the media last week that he'd heard Rumours that basically that's what Mourinho is just doing at the moment. He's just kind of phoning it in and yeah. just sending the players out without any real sort of game plan and just saying, get on with it. And and if you are going to play that three at the back, what is the point of putting Ander Herrera there? That, yeah. that is just, I really do think that is just him trying to say to Woodward, we haven't got that centre-back. But how childish me. is that? Yeah, I know. It's just pathetic. Yeah. What's yeah. the point of Ander Herrera? That's what I want Well, yeah. I mean, he's not a particularly good midfielder and he's even worse centre-back. So. And he's liable to get sent off in every single yeah. game. So, Like him getting a yellow card is the least surprising thing that will ever happen yeah. in football. But he's yeah. passionate, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Do a rain of that passion in, couldn't he, really? Uh, Andy Gray speaking on <laughs> wherever he is speaking yeah. these days. Suggesting that Roberto Martinez could be the next Manchester United manager. Uh, yeah. Let's have the same uncomfortable silence that they had in the BN Sports studio. When he said I mean, that. when Richard Keyes is shocked <laughs> yeah. about what you say, then you really have to worry about yeah. it. But I mean, realistically, who could come in and, and make a difference? Is there, I mean, there's all this talk. Is it Dan? I don't see. Zidane is probably the biggest name and he's available. If I was Edward Woods, I would. Jardim at Monaco would be first one and Diego Simeone would be the second one whether they'd, he'd be able to they'd be able to get him out of um, Atleti I don't really know but I think Mourinho just doesn't make his players better he buys 28, 29 year olds who are at the peak of their powers and he just sort of tries to let them get on with it um, whereas Simeone makes and especially Jardim the sort of young team he had at Monaco he, he coaches them he makes them better I think that's exactly what Man United need at the moment. Roman, you're nodding your head at the thought of Jardim at Man United. Yeah, I think it's, it would be a good solution because, as Alex said, they are, he's growing up the, the players, but also tactil, tactically. Uh, Benjamin Mendy said that he was one of the best trainers he had. Mbappé said the same. Bernardo Silva said, said the same. So I think it would he would not be like uh, weaker than most of the Premier League managers. So I think it would be a good option for, for Manchester United. And also he can work on... A, a few years, he's not like one guy would come for one or two years and mm-hmm. then uh, would leave the club in a mess. You can really work on a lot of years. So Plays good football good too. Yeah, definitely. And Zidane? Zidane, the only thing is that I don't know how much English he speaks. So that, yeah. might, be, that might be a problem. But otherwise, I think uh, when you arrived in Real Madrid, it was a bit of a mess also in the, in the red dressing room. Mm. So it might be a bit the same in Manchester United. And I think... Uh, he would definitely add guys like Pogba and Lukaku behind him. So if you have the main players behind you, it can be something. That would be... I mean, he'd immediately command the respect of the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Wow. But is he... I know he's won a lot of Champions Leagues at Real Madrid. Three in a row? Yeah. And I, a, I, and I, I, I do And a La Liga that. title? Yeah. And a FIFA Club World Cup? But 
week to week, would he be able to match it with Klopp and Pochettino, Guardiola? Mm. Um, the sub. And it's a firefighting job he's got on his hands. Yeah. Here, I don't think United have got a particularly good squad, really. I know a lot of people are using that as a stick to beat Mourinho with, that he's got the players there and he should be able to make them play. I don't think he has, really. But it's not as bad as he would have, he, yeah. as Mourinho would Probably have, not, you believe. No. Yeah. He should be doing better with... Big Sam would get a tune out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I thought Andy Gray was going to say. Uh, I thought he was going to say Big Sam. But that's probably enough to talk about Manchester United for now. Uh, elsewhere, play 3-1-3, top of the table. We should praise Liverpool. Or are they just getting all carried away? Yeah, I mean, you've, <laughs> oh, you've got hello. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you would say that. Then. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't you? All right, they've won three games. They've not conceded any goals. That is, you know, decent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you would you would be happy with that. But you know, they were expected to beat Brighton, and they were quite poor against Brighton. I thought they yeah. were quite lucky to win that game. And I didn't think end. they were great against Palace. They either. weren't great against Palace, and who else did they play? West Ham. West so you'd Ham, sort of so expect them to win that one. Yeah, they've got. I think they've got Spurs and Chelsea away coming up fairly soon. So let's see how they're looking after that, really. Okay, so calm down is what you would say. Yeah, you. I mean, don't be singing songs about being top of the league after three games, which is uh, what uh, what they've started doing, isn't it? So yeah. it's a bit premature. And if any fan base should have learned the lesson about that kind of thing, now it's Liverpool's fans, I'm afraid. Oh, it's true, isn't it? Come Shots on. Fire. It's a fantastic well, burn. He has a point because in 93, 94, they won their first three and finished eighth. Same in 94, 95, they finished fourth, 13, 14. I mean, yeah, they're showing the sign of champions after three games now. They were showing the sign of champions with three games to go in 13, 14, and they, they managed to mess that up, didn't they? So, Talking before about not getting any complaints on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Can't be You long. can't handle the truth. Then. Can't be long now. the podcast for you. Um, Wolves were one of the teams I was at least excited about before the season started. They played your boys at the weekend. Mm. What did you make of them? Yeah, they were very good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they showed the way to play against City, score a handball goal, have yeah. a stonewall penalty denied. Um, <laughs> I no, they were good, yeah. they were good. I thought Wolves were actually really good. Yeah, they were really, showing why they're not. Really good pressing, the, the, the shape was really good at all yeah. times, wasn't it? And um, yeah, they've got some decent players. Ruben Neves is really good, isn't he? Oh, so yeah. Yeah, think, apparently City are interested in Ruben Neves. I've heard that it's uh, very real. Yeah, Jean Martino looks like he's been playing in the Premier League for years. He was brilliant. I thought Conor Cody was really good as well. Mm. He was quality. So. Nice. Yeah. And Watford, we all expected Javi Gracia to be gone by now. <laughs> Three games in, nine points later, they're sitting fourth ahead of Manchester United. Yeah. What gives? What's uh, happened? Well, I think this time last season, West Brom had won two and drawn one of their first three games. No. And then they didn't win a game. Oh, no, they won game right at the end of the season, but they went down. So <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, same with Liverpool. Let's sort of see where they are after 10 games. Harry but... the Hornets got everyone rattled. That's yeah, all it is, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Especially Hodgson. Hodgson did get rather rattled by that. The other leagues have been up and running for weeks now, but this weekend was the first round of fixtures for the Bundesliga. And I watched this game and I was instantly depressed. Yeah, me too. I knew what was going to happen. As soon as Thomas Muller got that goal, I knew what was going to happen. I had high expectations in Hoffenheim because I'm um, actually of all um, the current Bundesliga managers, Julian Nagelsmann has the, the best record against them. Best and eyebrows I as well. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get to that bit, yeah. Uh, so I was kind of hoping, like, you know, they get something out of there, like at least a point, you know, half the season at least a bit, you know, some exciting Bundesliga football for at least 10 match days. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, Bayern did look very sharp, actually. Like, um, I know there's been, there's been a bit of a controversy about the penalty, 
But then again, yeah. it's a clumsy challenge. Like he doesn't have to go in with a slight tackle there, especially not against Ribéry, who is like an experienced player and he knows what he's doing. Um, so I think no complaints there. Um, that wasn't the controversy about the um, the VAR this weekend. Oh my god, that was shy again. Could they have gone to VAR for that? No, for the penalty decision. I don't, I don't see a reason for it. I think it's a penalty. Like you know, like oh, you didn't, okay. you didn't think so. I mean, I thought it was a bit fifty-fifty. Yeah, and I know he didn't have to dive in, but Rivery has made the most. Rivery really yeah, got other, his full other yeah. take on it. Do that as well. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Rivery, if he'd not jumped over him, he could have like clattered into him and hurt the guy or something. So it was a bit like yeah. the guy just overcommitted, didn't he? And you, you're yeah. asking for trouble if you do that. Yeah. Naive defending, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a question about the penalty, and it, this may be stupid, but why Byron messed it up? I thought so too. I thought Robin was the one who actually... Robin was impinged yeah. on it. Why did they get to take it again? Wasn't it because there was a Hoffenheim player in the box as well? Yeah, but it's, it's like a matter of half a second or something. Like that. I thought actually Robin was the only one while the penalty was taken who was in the box. Does but, anybody um, know the real the rule in that circumstance? If So usually if it's a, like a Bayern player, only a Bayern player, I think it's um, a free kick for Hoffenheim. Mm. Wouldn't be I think way. it is, yeah. yeah. But I think what they said was because there was also a Hoffenheim player in the box. That cancelled that out, and therefore they got to retake the penalty. I was happy about it. I've got Lewandowski in my fantasy football team. <laughs> I needed the points. <laughs> okay. Uh, poor Kingsley Coleman. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he looked amazing, I thought. Um, yeah, obviously the pace he's got is incredible. Um, he's going to be out for three months now, which, um, you oh. know, rather have him being injured by the beginning of the season than like last year, by the end of the season, where we actually really needed him. Um, he has no luck. It's no luck, but he's just too quick for Bundesliga, you know. Is Players it, can't keep up with that. Is it the same ankle as last time? Um, no, I think it's the other one, actually. Yeah, oh. so lucky. Okay. I mean, okay, can you explain Julian Nagelsmann? So <laughs> I, I didn't notice it. I only found out about this a few days after. But so, so he said, like, actually, in the press conference after, like, he's been asked about it, he said, like, yo, I've got issues with, like, having puffy eyes. So I had it done. And he talked about permanent makeup as well. Mm. I think he's now wearing permanent makeup. This is a thing. I found out about this recently. There's such thing as permanent makeup. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I'm very happy he's not Munich manager. Or <laughs> the one to become like that is. It just looks unusual. Blow, yeah. I mean, if he wants to wear makeup, he wears makeup. But it's just a. I know he said something unusual. last season about he's um, very worried about getting bold. So I thought of all the things that should be done about him. It would his it would have been his hair. Okay, but no, it's his eyebrows. Maybe he's had his hair done, but he's wearing the makeup to take sort of <laughs> eyes away from the but bad hair. But would you not rather, you know, <laughs> well, say that you had your hair done than wearing Can you speak to us about Hendrik Wedant? What Wedant? a story! Fairy tale, football fairy tale. So four years ago, he actually played in the very lowest league you can play in Germany. And then he sort of managed to um, get on like fifth level, uh, fifth league football. And now Hanover just gave him like a professional contract. So he gets on in his very first Bundesliga game. He's on for two minutes and his second touch and he scores a goal. <laughs> there you go. That's all to say. Straight out of the Jamie Vardy book of <laughs> inspirational yeah. fairy tales. When I, don't, you say... I don't think he's going to score like in the next 14 games to be fair. But um, Okay. Especially because they've got Dortmund coming up next weekend. Oh. Um, when you say yeah, the story. bottom of the German football 
Yeah, I mean, rock, like bottom. Bottom. Yeah. rock bottom. The, the level I played at. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> hope for you yet. Then. <laughs> it was something like lower Saxony amateur leagues or something along those yeah, lines, wasn't it? And that was four years ago. That was four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's also a passionate piano player. Oh, I didn't know that. Ah. And Horse Health was speaking before the game and said he was so nervous he made such a mess as he was getting changed. Is that... Uh, that's open to that interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> is what I would say. Yeah. I'm worried. Um, elsewhere, Dortmund 1-0 down to Leipzig after 31 seconds and they win 4-1. Was the performance as impressive as the scoreline yes, suggests? Yes, it was. Um, okay. Obviously, if, if they're down 1-0 after like 30 seconds, you'll feel like, oh my God, how messy is this going to be? But then they just got on it and they were sharp. I thought the midfield was amazing. Like Witzel and Delaney, like they, they kept it together like in the back there, um, exactly what Dortmund needed. Um, Dahoud was incredible, expectedly, because like, when he played under Faber at Gladbach, like he was his favourite player. And um, you would just know that he's going to have a good, very, very good season. Um, I thought... Up front, apart from Royce and partly Pulisic, they were a bit poor. So Maximilian Philip, I don't think he's up to the task playing the number nine. But, you know, with Paco Alcacer, I mm. think they have a good solution. Like He's that side of uh, sort of striker that Favre really likes. You know, he isn't like the typical number nine. He's like fairly small. He's very quick. He's good with the ball. He can make the, the runs and... Um, yeah, Dortmund. I said it before. I think they're actually my favorite for the title this season. Oof. What? Yeah. Wow. Like Munich will drop points under Kovac. I think like um, there's there's gonna be. I've got a very strange feeling about Kovac and Bayern Munich. It's a bit like you know it could go very stellar, like winning yeah. a lot or having a lot of issues as well. Ooh. Not it's interesting. This, sure. I mean, nobody um, really brought us up in the Bundesliga preview podcast. They all seem pretty confident Bayern would win. I know. Every one of my German colleagues has been saying, oh, come on, it's going to be Munich. I said, I think Dortmund is going to have a real go at it this, this season. I so, hope so. Maybe it's just, you know, something in me that yeah. really is hoping for an exciting Bundesliga um, season from start to finish <laughs> and not okay. having Munich lifting the title in, what, February? So is it all about the Bundesliga that a Bayern Munich fan is hoping <laughs> that they don't win the league? Like six, six, six years of that. It's just, it's just boring. It's like you have 17 teams play for something. Um, and then you've got Bayern on top. Second is a trophy these days. What yeah, happened with the VAR over the weekend? Oh, God. It was all over the place. Again, like everyone was hoping. You know, the, the German Football League sort of said, oh, we... We watched it very closely at the World Cup. And let's face it, I thought it, it worked really well at the World Cup. So I said, we're going to make a couple of changes. Like We tried to communicate um, a lot more what's actually going on. But I tell you what, it's got even worse. Like They've, they've done nothing than talking. And there was a situation in the Wolfsburg Schalke game where um, the Schalke defender, Nastasic, um, he got booked for a pretty, pretty nasty challenge. Video referee calls in and says, oh, it's actually a red car. So he got sent off. Two minutes later, a Wolfsburg player headbutts a Schalke player in the box and the referee um, sends him off. Rightly so, I thought, you mm -hmm. know, because that's what you get if you headbutt something. Yeah. Uh, what is the video referee? He calls in and says, oh, it's only a booking. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening here? Who gets the final decision in that sense then? The referee? The referee, surely, yeah. yeah. And he looked at it, but for some reason, and I think someone made like a comment on that the other day, because the video referees are the more experienced and like, you know, referees being um, around the block a few times, 
Um, someone said that they feel like it should be them who makes the last call. So sometimes when they're actually not supposed to interfere, they just do it because they feel like, oh, surely I'm the more experienced guy. I need to tell that young lad um, mm. what he's got to do. But the rules actually clearly state that they shouldn't be doing that. Of all the countries to sort out technology, I thought Germany would be the first. Yeah. yeah. yeah we used to be very efficient. Now we've got VAR. We've got unfinished airports. So, <laughs> it's all going down from here now, is it? Group stage, World yeah. Cup, yeah. home. Yeah. I blame Merzid Özal. <laughs> we all do. We all, we all do. Okay. That's enough fun, this league, then. Yeah, thank thanks for that. Thanks, Toby. Uh, we've had a few weeks of Ligue 1, Roman. Yes. What have we learned so far? Unfortunately, Paris Saint-Germain is going to win the league. <laughs> Probably in February. <laughs> okay. But Dampen our hopes then. Otherwise, it might be more interesting. There is less distance between Monaco, uh, Marseille and Lyon and with the other teams. Mm. And most of the game have been inter entertaining so far. So it should be an inter interesting season. Um, speak to us about Thomas Tuchel because he's changed a few things at PSG. Yes. First, he is less a maniac than what was said before he arrived. Really? He's like... He has a nicer approach with players. Emery was really more aggressive and didn't fit really well, especially with the Brazilian. And I think Tuoli has more like a Laurent Blanc approach. He's really nice, uh, tactile and everything. So mm -hmm. apparently it works quite well. At least that's what he's doing in Paris Saint-Germain so far. Mm -hmm. And tactically, he really wants to change things. He want, That's what he said before the last game of Ligue 1. He wants to put the best player in the best position. So what he wants to do is put Neymar in, in number 10 behind Cavani and Mbappé in front. So basically, he will change all the team. He will play with three central defenders, four midfielders, Neymar as a number 10, and with two strikers. So it will be a real revolution in Paris because they are used to play with 4-3-3 for like the five five or six seasons. Mm. Yeah, Which will work fine in Liga. Can you see it working well in the Champions League? Yeah, I think in the Champions League, it depends on the midfield. Because I think uh, Verratti, Rabiot, I'm not sure it will be enough to play against Juventus or Real Madrid or this kind of midfield. Mm -hmm. um, it also depends on the effort that will be done by Neymar, Mbappé and Cavani. Because they are not really willing to defend so much. So if those three don't really defend, I mean Cavani a bit more than the other ones, but if they don't defend in Champions League, it will be dead. Okay. Yeah. Has Boateng joined PSG yet? Not yet, I think it will Apparently, it will not be done. It's, yeah. de it's dead in the water, uh, Tom? Yeah. yeah. I can't see it happening, actually. Like, I was a bit surprised about the Munich lineup on um, Friday. Hummels mm -hmm. out, Zulin, Boateng. Look really good. Um, so, I would imagine that Kovac would do a lot of things to keep him. But obviously, with Boateng, if you can like, get 30 million for him. Oh, I'd bite their hand off. Yeah, was he 29th? Yeah, so. it's probably not a bad idea to sell him. But if the manager says oh, he wants to keep him, then why not? Yeah. Um, you think they're still missing some key positions, though? Yeah, they need a left back because, for instance, on for the three four three on Saturday, it was a Di Maria playing on the left, so he knows how to attack, but to defend, not really. Sorry, Di Maria. Yes, as a fullback. <laughs> yes, so it will be a real mess. On the right, they have Meunier and Daniel Ves, so it's okay. But on the left, they only have Kurzawa, and he's injured for a few months. And for the Champions League, he doesn't have the quality. Okay. So apparently they would take Bernat from Bayern Munich. Yeah, I Like every Munich player has been linked with PSG yeah. these days. It, it was between Philippe Luis and Bernat, but apparently uh, Bernat is less expensive. And... Oh, I would have gone Philippe Luis every day. 
How does yeah. Tilo Kerr doing? Is, did he actually play? He played uh, 45 minutes on uh, on Saturday against Dijon. And uh, it was really, he seemed a bit lost. He oh. played on the on the right side of the back three. And he made a huge mistake. He caused the penalty with a tackle. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, didn't cut the mustard at Dijon. <laughs> very good mm-hmm. for the first Okay. Skipping past that very quickly. Uh, speak to us about Nîmes, because they're one of the teams we picked to watch out for in yes. our preview podcasts, and they're doing they're doing okay. Actually, they have two wins and uh, one defeat, so it's not so bad for a newly promoted. Mm. Uh, it was really uh, impressive on the first game. They were losing 3-1 and the 70 minute in Angers, which is quite a difficult field in Ligue 1. Uh, they were playing with 10 guys or so, and they finally managed to win 4-3. So it wow. was like uh, impressive for everyone. It was the fairy tale. Then the next week, they played against Marseille at home. So Nîmes, they play in like a little stadium, like a 90, 90, 90 style, you know, mm-hmm. and with a really uh, impressive crowd, really intense. And they managed to win 1-0 against Marseille. Ooh. And it was not by luck. It, they really made a big game. It, they were intense. They were in place. And last week they lost against Toulouse, but they lost just uh, through a penalty. So they really played as they said they would play, really mm. offensively. They don't wait uh, in the back and try to play through that counter-attack. So it's really That's good to see, no? Interesting to see, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bordeaux, bit of a mess. Yes, Bordeaux, it's a huge mess, yes. poyer is gone. poyer is gone. Henri is not in. What happened? Not. Because it seems, uh, I mean, there was... People arrived at the stadium with 14 Henri on the back of their Bordeaux jerseys. So now it's a bit of a mess because they have still the former owner, which is MC, a French uh, channel, TV channel. But they will have new owners who are Americans. So basically the story is that uh, MCs, they wanted to have Thierry Henry because it would be like the last gift to for Bordeaux. Uh, they were ready to pay like half of his salary for the first uh, first year. But the Americans, they were not so much into Henri because he's a bit expensive for an experienced uh, coach. He had a lot of demands. Uh, he wanted to bring Grimandi to be the head of uh, recruitment, the former Arsenal players. Mm-hmm. He wanted to bring also uh, some of his staff. He had some demands for his uh, family and everything. He has staff? Yes. Mm-hmm. He what wanted he to have like a, like a... How can I say? Um, like a chef? Or? No, no, like a number two to, to help him on the, on okay. the field, not, not a chef. <laughs> uh, Do they have a throw-in coach as well? We are not th- there yet. <laughs> so yeah, there is a real uh, beef between the new owners and the former ones. Mm-hmm. And so this is why it, it dropped. So it's dead in the water. Yeah. yeah okay. It's dead. Who will take over? I think it would be like a Ligue 1 coach who used to work in Ligue 1, like René Girard or this kind of guy. They try to get Ranieri, but he's too expensive. So if Ranieri is too expensive, they will not get a big name. <laughs> okay. I was going to suggest Ranieri. He would have been... He Apparently, didn't... he doesn't want to work in Liga anymore. <laughs> he had enough with uh, Monaco and <laughs> Was it too much for him? Yes. Okay, what about Nice? It's a dis- bit of a disaster. Patrick Vieira, so he started. He took uh, just four points in three games. Mm. Um, Six goals conceded. The problem is that they lost uh, Seri, who was like key. He moved to Fulham. They also lost, lost Le Marchand, who was a defender who moved to Fulham. Um, they didn't have Balotelli for the first three games because he was suspended. Mm-hmm. They still have a lot of issues with the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you said, Mourinho tried a strange tactic. Uh, it was the same for Vieira this uh, this weekend. He tried like to 
to play without anyone on the side. So they just took water on the side and uh, it was easy for the open, open opposing uh, team. Mm. So Took water on the side, it's nice. No? <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. No, I like it. It's good. Yeah, it's like a good image. No? Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's good, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Apparently, from what he says, he's quite confident. He thinks that he will uh, get back to winning games. Kevin Trapp will probably come to be the number one in the in the goal. And that will solve their keeping crisis, will it? I think it will solve uh, part of the problem. Okay. The only the other thing is that Balotelli will, be, will come back. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of chances uh, during the first uh, three games, but they didn't put them inside. So I think it will change a few things. Yeah. Okay. You said it was a disaster there, but it's a better start to the season than Man United, isn't it? So, <laughs> hashtag just saying. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Can you explain to us what that young Marseille fan was doing? <laughs> I, uh, so, I, so, actually, it's a, uh, it's a nice story. It yeah. depends. Uh, so, before the game against Rennes on Sunday, there was a. In France, where I used to have like a fake uh, uh, start of the game, mm-hmm. like we invite like uh, celebrities or whatever. So this young celebrities. kid, yes. Okay. Right. So this young kid, he took the ball, he went to the goal of Ren, he shot inside and he scored, and then he celebrated. In fact, the story is that this kid, um, his father used to be a Marseille ultra. He died uh, during a, a match away uh, following Marseille. They had a car accident with a few ultras, and he died like a few years ago. And so now this kid is kind of the mascot of one of the main ultra group in Marseille. And he's also leading the songs. So it was also oh. to celebrate this so kid. The kid is leading the songs? Yes, he's like wow. 13 years old. Yeah. He's been in the Delta Group for the last five years. And yeah, he's like uh, wow. getting more and more important in this group. So I it's... was afraid to leave my house at that, stage, <laughs> yeah. that age. <laughs> but there was a, like an interview of his, of his mom. Mm. And she was like, yeah, we have to be careful. And everybody's taking care of him. You know, he, has, he can swear in the stadium, but that's what it is. He cannot. If he does it, he cannot go to the stadium on the weekend. So, Do you remember that Simpsons with the X-Files? Yeah. And then they, <clears throat> they, they put Homer on one of the things just to check his fitness. Yeah. And they said like his jiggle was hypnotic. <laughs> yeah. I think he might regret taking his top off in uh, years to come, that lad, he, won't he, but... he? He might do. Yeah. Okay, uh, a final quick word because we've got to go. Anything going to happen in the transfer market before Friday? Marseille, uh, I think Paris, they will recruit uh, left back, so probably Bernat. Uh, I think yeah. maybe somebody in the midfield. Uh, Marseille, Lyon and Bordeaux, they need a number nine, so they will probably get someone. And I think Monaco might be might do something big uh, for the midfield because they are really missing some quality, so they need someone. Well, when you sell all of your players every season and you have to rebuild, yeah, that's why Jardim is really a miracle maker because uh, they are still they are still a good team every every year and they are losing most of their players every year, so it's really impressive. Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. My thanks to Dan, Alex, Toby, Roman, and producer Demo. I'll be back in a few weeks. I'll leave you in the safe hands of Dan. Be nice to them. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be nice to me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay, and thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>